Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading Acts chapter 11 from the World English Bible. Now the apostles and the brothers who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. When Peter had come up to Jerusalem, those who were of the circumcision contended with him, saying, You went into uncircumcised men and ate with them. But Peter began and explained to them in order, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision, a certain container descending like it was a great sheet let down from heaven by four corners. It came as far as me. When I had looked intently at it, I considered and saw the four-footed animals of the earth, wild animals, creeping things, and birds of the sky. I also heard a voice saying to me, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But I said, Not so, Lord, for nothing unholy or unclean has ever entered into my mouth. But a voice answered me the second time out of heaven, What God has cleansed, don't you call unclean. This was done three times, and all were drawn up again into heaven. Behold, immediately three men stood before the house where I was, having been sent from Caesarea to me. The Spirit told me to go with them without discriminating. These six brothers also accompanied me, and we entered into the man's house. He told us how he had seen the angel standing in his house and saying to him, Send to Joppa and get Simon, who is called Peter, who will speak to you words by which you will be saved, you and all your house. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them, even as on us at the beginning. I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized in water, but you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. If then God gave to them the same gift as us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could withstand God? When they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God, saying, Then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance to life. They therefore, who were scattered abroad by the oppression that arose about Stephen, traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except to Jews only. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who, when they had come to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists, preaching the Lord Jesus. The hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. The report concerning them came to the ears of the assembly which was in Jerusalem. They sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch, who, when he had come and had seen the grace of God, was glad. He exhorted them all, that with purpose of heart they should remain near to the Lord. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and many people were added to the Lord. Barnabas went out to Tarsus to look for Saul. When he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. 
For a whole year they were gathered together with the assembly and taught many people. The disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Now in these days, prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them named Agabus stood up and indicated by the Spirit that there should be a great famine all over the world, which also happened in the days of Claudius. As any of the disciples had plenty, each determined to send relief to the brothers who lived in Judea, which they also did, sending it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. That is the end of chapter 11. Beginning right at first here in Acts chapter 11, the Greek word that is translated brothers in verse 1 is, this is one of the places where is what is called gender inclusive, like you would say the word mankind is. The word mankind includes both male and female. So here, the word brothers means brothers and sisters or siblings. Recall that Judea is a region. I went to look it up in the American Bible Society Atlas for review. One thing led to another so that I was looking at Smith's Bible Dictionary, and I read that the term Judea generally means of Judah. But it was specifically the third district ruled under the province of Syria as part of the Roman Empire, even if in everyday speech it was also used to refer to the land of the Jews broadly, not always limited to a specific political bordered area. Also, the term is actually first used in Daniel 5.13 in the broad sense, and then in Ezra 5.8 it is mentioned as a province, although in this case this is obviously not Rome, but it is under the rule of Darius of Persia as we can read in the book of Ezra, which is about 500 years before the time of Christ. In verse 2 of Acts 11 it says, those of the circumcision This is a way of referring to all Jews, per a note in my New King James Bible, and here it means those of the circumcision who are believers. As evidenced by Peter's reaction, as we talked about in chapter 10, none of them up to this point had comprehended the inclusiveness of the gospel. It literally took the miraculous manifestation of the Holy Spirit to convince them. So, beginning in verse 4, Peter responds to their accusations of basically having fellowship with Gentiles, apparently saved or not, because that is their point. It's not that the Gentiles had received the word, but that Peter had eaten with them. It seems so obvious to most of us that this is an odd thing for them to be so centered on as dealing with the law, but we all know people even now who are more concerned about following rules than fellowshipping based on the simple purity of the gospel. Peter gives the same account we read in Acts 10, only here he adds that he recalled Jesus' teaching about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and this is specifically foretold by John the Baptist in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 26. And then Jesus also talks about the Holy Spirit coming to guide them into all truth in John 16, 13. The wording in verse 18 is interesting in its use of they held their peace, because that is actually translated as they were silent in the New King James Version. And it obviously means that they did not contend further at this point, not that they stopped talking completely 
or didn't talk any other time when they all got together. In fact, these men, right after it says they were silent or held their peace, they went on to vocally praise God and speak the relevant truth. So this could be compared to verses that talk about women being silent in the church. In verse 19, the narrative switches to a general description of those who were dispersed after Stephen's death. And again, we have the description Hellenists in verse 20, which still means Jews living according to Greek customs, which was the basis for the whole conflict that we read about in Acts chapter 6, where we first met Stephen. So the first Jewish Christians were sharing the gospel with only Jews and then even those Jews who were Hellenists. When the assembly in Jerusalem heard about these new converts, they sent Barnabas, who confirmed and exhorted. Now, the word assembly here is just another way of saying the church or those who were gathering together as believers. So where is this place called Antioch? If you look in the atlas, you will actually find several different Antiochs, but this specific Antioch seems to be the one on the river Orontes that was the capital of Syria, not too far from the coast of the Mediterranean Sea. So this Antioch is where Barnabas first went by himself, and then he went to Tarsus to look for Saul. He didn't know exactly where Saul was, but he found him and brought him to Antioch. As I measured things using the legends in the atlas, Barnabas traveled the 300 or so miles from Jerusalem to Antioch, then some 100 plus miles, maybe 115 or 20, to Tarsus, then back again, over 500 miles total if he went on land. It's possible that he took a ship and kind of cut across a bay, but it was still about a 500 mile trip. It is curious that at this point, Barnabas is encouraging Paul to go out of his hometown. Remember that in Acts 4, verses 36 through 37, it says the apostles gave him this name, Barnabas, which means son of encouragement or son of consolation. Now, regarding the name Christians, as it is mentioned in verse 26, No matter how people wrongly apply it, it still means a follower of Christ. And inherent in the word Christ is the anointed one of God as described in the scriptures. So it still seems an appropriate way to refer to those of us who have faith in Jesus Christ, though it may take some explaining to those who don't understand how the word has been abused or distorted for political or social reasons or by false religions. In verse 27, the scene switches again to highlight a prophecy about a famine coming to the whole world. We are told it was prophesied and that it happened while Claudius was Caesar. Like the account with Joseph in Genesis, there is no good reason to assume that God meant the whole Roman Empire when he said all over the world. That is to limit his prophecy to human adjustment because we just don't think it could really mean that. The Matthew Henry commentary says that several Roman historians do make mention of time of famine then, which does cover the larger region of what was known to be inhabited at that point in time. But I wonder if anyone has made a careful check of other histories around the world or if they just assumed it was only the Roman Empire. 
I would like to refer you to Nathaniel Jeanson's historical study of genetics, where he shows that while for many years people, Christian or not, assumed the famine that Joseph mentioned was only in that region, there is now some information that confirms it was the whole world. First of all, the biblical timeline associated with the post-flood weather, specifically the real Ice Age fluctuations, would easily explain a worldwide famine. And secondly, in Joseph's time, the world's population wasn't actually that large or spread out yet, so that's why the whole world was able to come to Egypt for food. Of course, here in this prophecy in Acts chapter 11, it doesn't mention everyone going anywhere for food. It just says the famine was throughout the whole world. So while in Roman time there is much evidence of wider dispersion of peoples, that still doesn't mean we should assume or try to explain away what the scripture says. If we start doing that, it is a slippery slope. The main point of the prophecy was apparently that the disciples, aka Christians, helped each other, the disciples in Antioch seeming to have more than enough to share, and they send it along by way of Barnabas and Saul, taking it to Judea. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey. 